James chapter 4 from verse 13. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet, you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, your boasts or you boast in your arrogance. All such boastings or boasting is evil. So, whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it for him, it is sin. Let us pray together, church. Lord, we stand in awe of you. And as we come to your word now, bless your people. Speak through me. Speak to us. Let your word burn like flames in our hearts. And let your word destroy strongholds and idols on our hearts, in us and among us. And bring the liberty of the Holy Spirit to your people, even as we speak your word today. We give you thanks because there will be an entrance in Jesus' name. Amen. Please turn to your seat again. We are still in the month of January. And we are taking our time to help us as a congregation to set, to have the right mood for the year. It is our job, by our job from this pulpit is to help you think uh, biblically and theologically regarding every issues of life. So it is towards giving you a biblical framework uh, for uh, the new year. So the subject that I will be dealing with this morning is an old truth for the new year. An old truth for the new year. What I'm sharing this morning is as old as old, but it is valid and relevant for the new year. Are you guys doing uncle? I just noticed now, eh? <laughs> you met here. Uh, welcome back, Sister Fire. So at the end of this preaching this morning, I want to walk away with a strong conviction that there is no alternative for walking in faith, the calling that God has called us as Christians 
is a journey of faith. And we are not expected to live our lives outside the domains of God's will. So a Christian desire, a healthy Christian desire is towards seeking God's will in everything that he does. We live in the age that people are, are having money and the more money people have, the more the less godly they become. Because it is easy to trust in things than in the Lord. It, you know, like this, uh, these days, I can't help it. There's, there, are, there, are, there are this skit I watched some, maybe two, one and a half years ago. It's a comedy skit. And there is this comedian, I don't know his name, and he's a pastor, and he, he went to pray for another man, another comedian, I think it should be Bovi, and then uh, the story goes like this. The guy was talking to Bovi, how God is going to bless him, how he's going to do this, and then Bovi began to give him dollars. And the person said, I better, I better pray for me. You know, I mean, just lay hands on me. I mean, if, uh, you should be the one praying for me now. That kind of a thing. Because sometimes we equate money and properties to, the, to God. And it's my job to, so I can walk away from here today that it is either the will of God is being done in my life or nothing else. The James that is writing here to the church, if you look at chapter 1, he's writing to the 12 tribes in the dispersion. There are about five gems, if you will, in the New Testament that I think you want to be uh, conversant with. So this James is not the James of uh, son of uh, uh, Zebedee. Remember, there is a James, the brother of John, among the 12 that were, were beheaded by Herod Agrippa in chapter 12 of the book of Acts of Apostles. This is not the James that's writing here. I think there's another James among the 12 sons of uh, Athels. Uh, this is not the one. And then there's another James, uh, the son of um, Mary, or another James there. And there's a James that is a father of some guys and uh, of Rufus. That's not the, the James we're talking about. I think this James uh, is the brother, the half-brother of our Lord Jesus Christ. Is is the brother of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, the half-brother of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, it, I'm saying this, I don't, I don't uh, offend my Catholic friends who believes in the perpetual virginity of Mary. That even though he, he delivered Jesus through the normal process, she remained a virgin. Wow, she remained a virgin. And uh, it is for some reasons that they are holding to that doctrine. But, but the Bible really strongly suggests that after Jesus, Mary and Joseph did come together, and they had other brothers. And there's James and, uh, and, and John and, and so on and so forth. So this James is the half-brother of our Lord Jesus Christ. You can do your study around it at your own spare time. And at, at, in chapter verse 13, where we uh, begin our consideration this morning, he's 
talking to some sets of people. Say, come on now, you who say, plural, today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and so on. There are this set of people who are making decisions outside the consideration of God. They are, they are fixing days. They are saying tomorrow, today, or tomorrow. They are about 40s they are doing. They are saying. They are making traveling plans. Uh, that city or that city um, will be tomorrow or next tomorrow will be in Oyor, then will be in Agomosho, or we'll buy this, or we'll buy that. They are making traveling plans. They are even determining durations. They're saying a year. A year. We are going to spend a year there. And then number four, they are expecting profits. We are going to spend a year there. We are going to invest in this, invest in cocoa. We are going to invest in coffee. And we are going to make some profit for ourselves. And James is admonishing them sharply and saying, such boasting, such empty confidence in the ability of man to set goals and hoping to achieve it outside the controls of God, outside the consciousness of the control of God is wrong. And he calls it boasting. Because they are not just saying it, they are saying, this is what is going to happen. We are going to do it. 2022 is our year. And by December 31st, we shall surely come back for a testimony. And then there is a man. And James is saying, all those boasting are not just bad, but they are evil. There are three things he wants them to know. First of all, number one, James speaking to these people and consequently to us saying the first thing they don't really know, they, don't, they are not grasping the reality of these three things. The first thing is that you do not know what tomorrow brings. You know. See, he's saying by implication that tomorrow is a mystery. You see, there are business of astrology. I hope I got it. Is it astrology or astronomy? It's astrology. You no, know, early on, maybe around 20 years ago, I was sucked into Vanguard newspaper. And if you are familiar with Vanguard newspaper, uh, my favorite page is uh, Mr. and. I'm going to read the newspaper again. And let me just sample so I will not waste my time. How many of you really accept civil servant? <laughs> accept civil servant now. I can, I can, of course. Am I raising your hand? It should be your dad. And then you just, do you buy newspaper with your money? Like, Ima? oh, that's, you should get an award, eh? You're on top of your, of your, of your, of your fellow, fellow believers now. In those days, I will, I will, um, I will, you know, if you, Vanguard, I will look at Mr. and Mrs. And then there is a column by uh, Owei Lakemfa, my favorite uh, columnist. And then there is a horoscope at the back of Vanguard. And I think it's still there. When 
you're, you are, if you are born between January and March, you are, I don't know, I remember I'm, I'm, I'm July, so I'm cancer. Yeah, so, and then every morning they say, between, they, they outline what will happen sequentially. Even though after a year or two, none of those things really happen, we are still sucked into it, hoping that you know. Life will be more easier if I can know tomorrow, if tomorrow can be on my palms. So by 8 a.m. tomorrow, this will happen, that will happen, that will happen. But that's not what, that's not the reality of life. Tomorrow is a mystery. All human permutations about tomorrow. See, you know, the, the earth revolves on its axis around the sun. So there is today and then there is tomorrow. But there's much more to that. It is, it is the now that we are sitting down that we have. Tomorrow does not really exist. All what God can do is to stop the world from rotating and there will be no tomorrow. And this sun will just, everything will just remain like this. Of course, we'll start falling off into the oblivion and all kinds of things. But, but they don't know what tomorrow holds. It is pure human arrogance to suggest that, yeah, 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 it, it, everything will be fine tomorrow. The first thing James is admonishing them is that they don't know. Whether you are a professor of medicine, you are a professor of, uh, of, uh, of whatever, you don't know what tomorrow will bring. And James is echoing the sentiment of our Lord. Can you turn to James, uh, Matthew, Matthew chapter 6? Quickly, turn to Matthew chapter 6. Around verse 34, Jesus speaking to the people, saying, Therefore, do not be anxious about, about what? Tomorrow. For tomorrow will be anxious for itself. And sufficient for the day is its own trouble. See? So, tomorrow, will, tomorrow is just on its own. Boasting about tomorrow is unwise, particularly for Christians. Secondly, telling them that they're not only not knowing tomorrow, they do not know their life, what life constitutes. And look at what James is saying. He said, yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring or what is your life. What is your life? And he gave about 30 things about life, if you may. He said, life is like a mist. If you've been to some southern part of Kaduna and, and Plateau states, at this time of the year, down to, you see vapor. Sometimes it looks like a snow. It's like mist. And uh, as we're just looking at it, you don't even know when the whole thing just uh, <laughs> disappear again. Life is like that. Life, number two, James said, is not too long. So for your life is a mist that appears for a little time. Life is not too long. Ah, 
How long is life? 100 years? 80, 90? How long is life? Life is not too long. There was a man that was, that was on our streets 10, 12, 13 years ago promising that he would deliver this country and make it an Eldorado. And about seven years ago, he won an election. And the way I'm looking at the man's face, seven years just finished now. And now the reality is dawning on him and the rest of us that age is not on his side. Of course, age is not on anybody's side. Age is not on anybody's side. I don't call anybody's name. Life appears for a little time. Life is not long. Hundred years is not long. Church, are you listening to me? Mm-hmm. Number three, it's talk about that life vanishes. See, yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist, not even like a mist. You are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Like, 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 uh, I don't want to use puff. It, it, it just vanishes, like, vanishes. Many of you who are of my age or older than myself can look back and see how many people died some years ago and they are no more. They are no more. They are no more. It's like they are no more. Even their memories are gone. Sometimes we worry too much about life, isn't it? And then after you die, you are gone. They will make reference to you once in a while. Vanishes. In the first place, they do not know what tomorrow brings. Number two, they do not know their life. And this is the basis for their boasting. Assuming they know what is the real constituent of tomorrow and life, they will be more careful, much, much careful. And number three, by implication, they do not know God. Look at verse 15. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. You see, at the roots of, of, of boasting about tomorrow and about our life is lack of sufficient knowledge of God. Because the will of God and the will of man are not running on parallel lines. One is above the second, and the will of God is above the will of man. Because life outside God is nothing. It's nothing. It's, it's vapor. It's heaven. Calvin said in, in his uh, it should be paragraph 2 of book 1 of the Institutes. He said, we always seem to ourselves just and upright and wise and holy. Uh, for since we are naturally prone to hypocrisy, any empty semblance of righteousness is quite enough to satisfy us instead of righteousness itself, unquote. What Calvin is saying is, you see, because we are naturally prone to hypocrisy, we see ourselves just, we see ourselves capable, we see ourselves powerful. We think we have 
capacity. And because of our propensity to be hypocritical in even in our own self-assessment, any semblance of righteousness who appears to us instead of righteousness itself. And that can be extrapolated to include any semblance of strength that God loaned us with will appeal to us as strength instead of seeking for strength itself. Any semblance of accomplishment will appeal to us as if in and of ourselves we have produced these things instead of seeking for the God who produced those things. Are you following me, church? It is our, it's our, that's how we are. We are hypocrites by nature. And this lack of knowledge of God are on two levels. For those who are unbelievers, it is quite clear. Romans 1 tells us that they don't know God. God is not in their faculty. God, for the unbeliever, when unbelievers are making their plans, when the unbelievers are making their permutations, God for them is an idea. For God for them is like an ATM. And then through their lower deities, they can approach the almighty God that is of their own contraption and get whatever they want from him. So they don't have the true God in their, in their equation. That is a, and that is dangerous. If you are here this morning, you are not a Christian. You, you, you have not come to know the God of the Bible. You, you are lost. Life is empty outside God. Life without God is vain. God is the only necessary factor in this life. God is the determinant and necessary factor of life. And if you don't have God in your heart, by the way of the Lord Jesus Christ and his work being applied to your heart by the Holy Spirit, you are lost. Whether you are a professor, emeritus, whatever you are, the president, the governor, the ministers, whoever you are, life without God is empty, is zero. If there is no God, there is no existence. Test for the unbelievers. Unbelievers make their plans and they boast about 2023, some, even, some are even planning for election, the, the, the one that will happen in, in, in six years' time. And they are saving money. And they are piling money in the in sewage tanks for, for that. And on the second level, for the believers, uh, you know, believers sometimes we tend to become familiar with God, isn't it? Like over familiarity. We have seen God come through several times in our lives and we just assume that he will always come through, isn't it? Okay, God is God. Ah, he will do what he always do. I don't really need to. So we become so presumptuous about this God. There is no deliberate hunger and thirst after this God. There's no pull. There is no complete dependence on God to the extent that our life can never be realized in any forms or shape of our shape without God. The believers are in danger of overfamiliarity and presumptuousness. And James is warning them that God is necessary and must be sought after on a daily basis if life must be lived. 
So these guys that James, our brother, is addressing, three things they lack is that they don't know tomorrow. They don't know the, 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 the essential constituent of tomorrow. How to, tomorrow is, is an idea. It may come, it may not come. About life, life is just a vapor. And about God, they don't think God is necessary. Now everything we call God, I beg, you know, some, some people talk in uh, everything that God, now God, God, no, uh, God, God give us, uh, we are free moral uh, <laughs> agents. Uh, your free moral agency is within the circumference of God. Or else it's idolatry. As I close this morning, let me speak to you very, very carefully in this new year. Last week, I talked to you about the three Ds for the new year. Take these three N, or the three no for me this year. The first thing is say no to arrogance. And let me talk, in this, in this you know, Elijah called this church a little church, eh? In this little church, with this little pastor here, eh? There are many professors, I mean, I can even count some computer engineers, some sound engineers, just from this area, sound engineers, some architects, some civil servants, some professionals, uh, doctors here, and I can go on and on. There is always this temptation to think that, I mean, I, I have everything. All the I's are dotted, all the T's are crossed, isn't it? I have my, I finished my first degree, I've done my master's. Some of you have like, two master's here. I have my master's, and I'm going for my PhD. I have saved two, three million. If I, I met one family before, their daughter was about 26 months old. They've already saved money up to her university level. At, at six months, they have money for her university already. I was asking them, is it base you are saving or KSU? Because they are different. <laughs> I don't know. In the next 16 years, how much will be. But, but they're saving ahead of time. And you can become arrogant because you look at your bank account, there's, there's some security there. You look at your life, you are so healthy. Everything is, your wife is obeying you, your husband is obeying you, everything is so fine. Your car is not breaking down at any point. You are looking at your neighbors. This are happening. You say, hmm. Eh? Now, what for, now what for this country? God, I thank you. I'm not like that. And then you say, at least I fast. Maybe they're not even fasting. All these believers so, who are not close to their Bible. I'm close to my Bible. And then you become arrogant. You know, arrogance appears in different forms. Eh? Even those who are humble can be arrogant in their humility. Eh? Say, so, you know, we that are humble, you know, uh, we are humble, we are humble, and they are smiling. But they are very, very arrogant. It is when you step on their toes that you will know that that worm is actually a serpent. No to arrogance. Brothers, you don't know what tomorrow brings. You don't. <laughs> There is an unhealthy, what I call audacity within the body of Christ, particularly in this country and Ghana, where Christian 
are taught to be audacious in their speech and in their comportments. And there are some scriptures that are lined up for this kind of foolish behavior. There are some churches that call it command your money. How many of you have heard a phrase like command your money? Eh? How many of you have heard that? Uh, AC, AC, of course, AC will know. AC will know. AC will know. Josh, shift back a little bit. Eh? Give AC some gap. Command your money. There's another scripture. They say you shall declare, you shall decree a thing. That's Job. You shall decree a thing and then it shall come to pass. There's another scripture from Proverbs that they throw around that life and death is in the power of the tongue. So whatever happened to you is the product of your confession. So I'm broke and I will say I am rich. Let the, let the poor say, let the weak say I am strong. You guys are terrible people, eh? Another one, I shall not die. I am unkillable. I am unstoppable. I am, I, I, you, they say, speak it over your life. Speak it over your life. And the more you say, I cannot die. I'm unkillable. I cannot be diseased. And then it happens. But there are some, you go to some, some particular church. The, in this January, you take your whole salary. I'm trying to talk to Wilson if you should stay. <laughs> you should just stand there. Bring your salary to the, to the pastor. And then the 11 month is secured. You secure the 11 month by giving your first fruits to the pastor. Now that you drop your 11 month, I'm a pastor. I'm not just a normal pastor. I'm always at the hospital. I frequent hospitals. People call me, pastor, come over. Members are out of I just went. And sometimes you go to the hospital, there's a woman that says, God, I am with my tight card. This is not what you told me. My tithes are up to date. Therefore, my son should not be the mortuary now. And of course, we can't create a tight card until you bury the person because God is not moved by all those all, all, all. So, all those arrogance. The Bible said they are not just bad, they are evil. And of course, you can check with Andrew, those scriptures I mentioned to you, if you explain them within their context, they don't really mean. With Abitus, assuming life and death is in my mouth, shaking If I can just say, I shall not die, then I shall not die, then <laughs> why are we dying? If all I can say is that I cannot be broke, I cannot be broke, I cannot be broke, I cannot be broke, and the money enter my pocket. Huh? But that is great. But the opposite. It's the reality of life. And the Bible is so real with you. Anytime there is a disconnection between your mind and you think God is failing you, it is not God, it is your pastor. Don't hold your pastor by the trousers, not the Bible. Say, Pastor, I gave you my generous salary. Where's my, give my money back. And I remember I've shared with you before, a brother, I was in a church with a brother. I don't want to call the name of the church anymore. And the pastor was preaching about Isaac, Genesis. We did a series in the book of Genesis, Isaac. I was the new member there. But I overheard another man say, hey, Pastor, let's start series on Isaac again. <laughs> so at the end of the series, on the Sunday, I said, okay, you should go and bring your Isaac. That God say, whatever is your Isaac, go and bring. I remember in those days, I was so, 
Somebody just gave me a TV, uh, Sony Vega. I don't know, many of you have my you know Sony Vega. I mean, you know it's the Sony Vega. New, I've not even opened it. And then somebody gave me a Rolex watch. While the service was still going on, I jumped out. Went to my house, packed everything, my Isaac. And I brought it the fruit of the apostle. Then there was another brother who came to the church with a car. And dropped his car. This is Isaac. Actually, the brother sleeps in that car. That is his house. So he gave the car. Because they said, if you give your Isaac, X, Y, Z will happen to you. So the brother waited for four days. And after four days, I saw him by the church door with policemen. And I think we need more of that in this case. He said, where is my car? They said it has been sold. The church are so fast, they, they quickly auction it. They didn't even look at the brother. I mean, if a brother is giving a car, look at his face. They said that it has been sold. He said, no, that is my Isaac. They said, yes, Isaac now. Isaac is for burnt. They uh. said, no. When they, and I heard, when Abraham brought Isaac to the, to the mountain, he went back home with his Isaac. I said, brother, your Isaac is gone. <laughs> of course, the church had a, the, the assistant commissioner of police of that state worshiping that church. They call him and they discharge the boy very quickly. So that was the end of the story. Sometimes you need to go to your pastor and say, Pastor, you're actually the one that told me this thing. Where's my money? You told me this year, nobody shall die in my family. Let me give you an example of what this thing looked like. There's one man called Mr. Uh, Oshibona. It was the end of last year. Oshibona is a spiritual son of uh, Ashimolo. And he's an evangelist in a white garment church. And he's a big guy in uh, real estate. He was a guy that died in uh, Ikoi estate. He was, he, was, he, he, was, he was there. I mean, I was taken to the site of that Ikoi four days after I was in Lagos. He was there with his investors and, and friends because they want to deliver that house by December. So they brought a lot of people from the, from the suburb to make sure the project moved faster. But guess what happened? 21 story building. Whether he's the spiritual son of the greatest prophet in the land is inconsequential. He died there. Out of COVID, how many of you saw COVID? How many of you saw COVID coming? No. It was like a joke, like a joke, like a joke, and COVID has come. That's how tomorrow is like. You had a plan. We will go here, we will do this, we will invest here, we will invest there, we will invest there, we will build that, we will build that. Brothers, you don't know what tomorrow will bring. Settle that into your skull. So even if a pastor is giving you prophecy, locate that prophecy with the idea that actually, I don't really know how tomorrow, even if it's a good prophecy, you don't know when it will happen, you don't know how it will happen, you don't know how it will all pan out. God made that. Number two, say no to assurance. I want to explain that. God does not promise you anybody a long life. There is an assurance that I'm the covenant child of God. I will live to be 120. Anyway, if you are 90, you will be begging death to come and carry you anyway. So I don't know why people pray to reach 120. 
There's no assurance. This life, there's no assurance that you will live too long. Some people will live to the 20s. Some will live to the 30. Some are 40. Some are 50. Some people die. Even on the very day they were born. Hmm? I was in the cemetery in Gudu here. They have a section for children. Stillborns. And some will live like my grandma. My grandma is like 130 years now. He's crying. He say, well, what am I doing here? And he, she's hanging there. And some will live to the 80 and all that. You see, when people look at the scripture, they see a text like this, with long life will I satisfy him. Yeah? And that's okay. I put my name there. With long life, long life, long life. I mean, long life to a large extent is relative. 80 years is like a dream. It happens quickly. How many of you remember, some of you that are in your 50s now, in your 40s now, you remember when you were in secondary school? Remember when you were in primary school? Remember when you were just grandma? Remember? Remember like yesterday, when time was just like, a, like these babies are in church. See you now, sit time now. And before you know, it's over. Don't be too sure. Don't be too sure about life. And number three, say no to autonomy. Say no to human autonomy. The idea that, yeah, medicine, uh, there's, there's, we can do brain surgery. We can do this. There are a lot of medication. There's atacinate. There's whatever, whatever, whatever. And then you rest in that and forget God. Life by the Spirit is total dependence on God. Carnality is dependency on the flesh. You are making your arrangements. And then God is not in it. And this should be seen in our hearts and in our mouth. So, my brothers, how does it look like this whole thing? Is that when you are saying something, say, I will be in London next year. Uh huh. Good. Now, people will say that is a negative. uh, Don't listen to them. They will say, say, I shall be in London next week. I will be in Warren Pine in the evening if that's how to that's how that's the Christian talk. James is not saying you should not make plans, he's not saying you should not save money. He is saying, whatever you are doing, do it with God in view. If God wills, if God wills, if God wills, we shall do this. We shall do that. Let me sum it up today and let you go. Let me I sometimes we are so preoccupied about tomorrow that we kill today. Actually, it is our care for tomorrow that destroy our today. There are some of you that have your best clothes in your boxes. Huh? They are going to wear it in June. Oh God, wear them today. Wear them. 
June will take care of itself. I have lived with an auntie that kept a cloth in the box. Say, when my daughter grew up, I said, who told you that children will wear this, this, that was like 2016, 2006. And the girl was just one month old and clothes had been kept, clothes had been kept for a girl. Of course. Yeah. Some of you are saving, saving. Even if your wife's hair is gathering bed uh, bugs, you don't touch it. We are saving for tomorrow. Save all. But don't kill today on the altar of tomorrow. Jesus said, sufficient for today is the trouble thereof. He said, tomorrow will take care of itself. Most of your fear for tomorrow will hardly come to pass. What you think will happen will never happen. So enjoy today. Have some meaningful, healthy savings. But well, that should not be at the detriment of your joy today. Your fear, your unreasonable fear about tomorrow shows your lack of trust in God. Some of you even have cars that you have kept. Cars, you remove the battery, this car. My wife knew a man that have private cars, about 28. Yes. Now, 28 cars for a man. For what? There are some who live in a building that have like 12 rooms or even 30 rooms, 30 bedrooms. For what? Okay. How many rooms will you sleep? How many rooms will you sleep? One. Life is so easy. See, a pimple can kill a man. Do you understand that? Small pimple that appear. There are some men with your own legs. You went to see your doctor. And then the doctor says, Sir, I'm sorry to announce to you that, uh, that, uh, that uh, within three months you are gone. Just to cross this road can end the man's life. Our life is so fragile. No to boasting. No to arrogance. No to self-autonomy. Your life is in the hand of God. And my friends, as we come to this new year, I know the God who promised you, I will never leave you, nor forsake you. Say, I will be with you in trouble. So when you go to the valley of the shadow of death, I will be with you. That's the assurance he gave us. But we go through valleys, we go through mountains, we go through stuff. What we can be so sure of is our identity in God, in Christ Jesus. We are God's children. Whatever happened to us in this, on this earth, we remain his children. And for us, death and life is the same. When we shut our eyes on this side of eternity, the opening of it is with God in glory, with Christ forever, which is far better. No fear, no arrogance. And that is the word of God for his church in this new year. It's an old truth. You may not like it, but it is what it is. You don't know tomorrow. You don't know your life is so fleeting. 
and God remains on the throne. It is his will that you must respect because his will must surely come to pass. Father, as I lay this before your people and to their consciences, I pray that together as a congregation, we may live our lives with joy, with happiness, knowing that you are always there in our various circumstances. Deliver us from arrogance, from boast, from pride, and from unbelief and unfaithfulness in your providence. Bless the rest of our day in Jesus' name. Amen.